The Belleville Sands podcast is back. We're officially into the second half of the season after the uh, AHL All-Star Classic presented by TechCU now over a week ago. And Senators poised to make a charge back up the North Division standings as we welcome you to this week's episode. David Foote and Brock Ormond here. And uh, lots happening this week as well. We'll recap a couple of games against the Utica Comets last week. We will check in with a couple of special guests who dropped by the studio uh, on uh, Women in Hockey Night. Belleville's Hannah Bunton, uh, retired pro player and uh, current coach out in Quebec, will be with us. And Haley Moore, the vice president of the American Hockey League Hockey Operations Department, uh, will be by as well. Uh, plus, we've got another Belleville Sins grad uh, joining us on the show this week. Parker Kelly will be on the line from Ottawa. We'll chat a bit about uh, his season so far, his development in Belleville, and more. Uh, before we get into the show, a quick reminder to uh, subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening. Uh, because of the travel schedule, the episodes are getting a little less routine, so make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing. Plus, uh, toss us a uh, review and a rating. Uh, we'd really appreciate that as well. Uh, as we continue on this season on the Belleville Sins podcast. Uh, it is uh, episode number 13 of season two. Again, David Foote, Brock Ormond here, and we're looking back, Brock, on a couple of games against the Utica Comets this past weekend. Uh, one of them, not so great. The other one, pretty good hockey game as the Sens fall 2-0 on Friday and then uh, pick up a 5-4 win in uh, regulation time, which is extremely important. Uh, on Saturday night as well against the Comets. Um, really a tale of two different teams when you uh, look at both games side by side. Yeah, it was, and there was a little bit of a frustrating night Friday for the fans uh, here and the, and the team as well. They had some uh, decent-looking opportunities at times, but uh, just couldn't break through that wall. That was Isaac Poulter on the Utica Comets net. He had a great game, got the shutout on Friday night, but then Belleville comes back and scores early on the uh, Saturday night, which was key. Oscar Pedersen, too, getting the first goal, and like we talked about on the broadcast on uh, Saturday night, that seemed to have really galvanized the club because it showed that they can score against the Utica Comets. They've shown it before. They've scored six against them this season. Now they've got five after that win on, on Saturday. It was a back-and-forth game game at the pendulum swung uh, like rapid fire in the second period especially with all those goals and they were just perfect snipes there was about three or four of them right in a row where uh, it was just nothing but net it was a clear shot right to the net and uh, it was just in incredible hockey to watch it was also nice to honor women at hockey night as well as uh, some of the uh, greatest girls and women uh, in the game today and and some that are uh, maybe inspired to be future players in the PWHL or NCAA or U sports or where have you uh, so all in all, it was a really good night, and the Sens definitely performed uh, very well. Uh, the only thing that uh, Coach Dave Bell maybe uh, would like to clean up a bit is that back and forth. As, as exciting as it is for the fans, sometimes coaches can uh, go gray with that. So uh, it was uh, a better defensive effort in the third. Uh, only held to five shots in the third, but all they needed was just that big goal from Garrett Pilon and the power play to really get it going. And he had a great night, and we'll talk about him further down the line, but he was uh, outstanding. Part of uh, a great night for the Belleville Sens and a split of the weekend, which they desperately need at this stage. Yeah, three-point night for Garrett Pilon, three-point night for Angus Cruikshank. Um, and these two guys uh, specifically have been really helping to pace the offensive late as they are, uh, you know, 
intended to do, which is nice to see. Uh, and, yeah, really such a big turnaround. You saw a really good defensive game on uh, on Friday in the loss. Uh, you know, it's all defense, almost no offense. And then Saturday kind of the flip-flop where they score five times, but they allow four as well. Uh, trying to get back to, to that uh, style, I guess, that they were in, you know, right out of the, the – the Christmas break when they won seven games in a row and, um, you know, were scoring pretty well and were playing good defense as well. That balance, though, can be tough to find sometimes. Yeah, it is, and especially in a, in a season where uh, there are some ups and downs and sometimes you're going to go into those modes where uh, the offense goes for about four or five games in a row, it's ticking well, and then all of a sudden it just goes uh, cold and you got to really start grinding your way through it, and that's what Belleville found out uh, the last uh, about maybe – two, three weeks ago, they were struggling to find offense, and you could kind of sense a little bit of that frustration on Friday night as well, falling into that trap where they were checking the goal, they were getting good opportunities and just couldn't find the back of the net. And then they come into this one and score five goals in Saturday's game, and then all of a sudden you start seeing the confidence come back, which is what exactly what you want to see. And so uh, for Belleville, they, they have the offensive guns there, and they can... Uh, come through when needed. It's just about uh, finding consistency, and that'll uh, come down the line. But if they can get hot here in the rest of February and into the month of March, then that should put them in a good spot to take over in the north. Talk about Oscar Pettersson coming over from uh, uh, from Sweden, and uh, I'm not sure if we've had a show since he's been uh, on the roster, uh, but he's played four games now. Uh, really seems to be settling in nicely. I mean, even last week in Syracuse uh, when the Sens won both of those games against the Crunch, I thought he looked really good in his AHL debut, not shying away from anything physical. He's a pretty big boy, but, you know, at just turned 20, you can see does have to thicken up a bit, perhaps, uh, but the one thing that seems to be really making waves about uh, young Oscar Pedersen is just his hockey sense. Uh, he's so smart. Uh, he you know, knows where he's supposed to be. He hasn't seemed to have much trouble adjusting to the smaller size ice. Uh, Dave Bell called him one of the most intelligent guys in the room on the hockey side the other night as well. So this is a, a young player who... I think has come over at, at a really good time. He's going to get 30 or so games uh, here in the AHL before likely starting here again next season. It's just going to give him such a nice foundation, I think, for his North American pro career, and, and he seems to, early on at least, be making the most of it. Yeah, he's a smart, very, very smart player, and he's shifty too, which is uh, what the Utica Comets found out this weekend when it seemed like every time he was in the offensive zone, all he would do was just uh, work them – uh, into a, a twist because of the way he could move the puck and move his skates. And like you say, such a, a smart player, has a, such high hockey IQ. And the things that he was doing out there was not typical of a 19 or 20-year-old rookie coming over from a different country. He was making blind passes behind the back to somebody uh, over on the left wing. And, I mean, sometimes it didn't uh, compute or it didn't quite connect in the way he wanted it to. But to have that kind of a confidence to do something like that is just incredible. And the fact that Coach Dave Bell actually, you know, is fine with him pulling that kind of stuff off and doing that, knowing that uh, he's going to come back on the defensive end too and play uh, strong uh, on the back check. So he's a guy that can do just about everything uh, you could ask of him in all three areas of the ice, and it's led to him being a very key contributor or hopefully a key contributor to this Belleville Sens team down the line because he's looking like a stud already. You mentioned the defensive side of his game as well, and um, there was no shyness in putting him out late in the game. Senators had a, a two-goal lead. They had some insurance, and Pedersen was out there 
Belleville did get scored on in the final minute in that Saturday game against Utica, but still a, a big vote of confidence, I think, from the coaching staff to put the young Swede out there uh, at a time like that. Uh, the other big addition, because there were no transactions um, over the past week, but the other big addition in the last couple of weeks uh, is Rourke Chartier. Now, he's only played a couple of games now for the Sens after getting an extended all-star break because he spent 30-plus games in the NHL with Ottawa to start the season. But uh, another guy who's back in Belleville where he's uh, been the last couple of seasons and really seemed to hit another gear on the weekend. You can tell that there's some confidence gained there from uh, spending as much time in the NHL as he did so far this season. Yeah, Rourke Scharche, great to have him back in the lineup. And, you know, sometimes there's a lot of talk in the AHL about guys coming back from the NHL and maybe being a little bit uh, petulant, uh, being pout pouty, if you will, yeah. uh, not wanting to, to really be in the American Hockey League because you just had 40-some games in the NHL or 30-some games. But Rourke Scharche is the type of veteran guy that he says, well, it is what it is. I got to go out and do the job and be a good guy in the room, be a good guy on the bench and on the ice and also be coachable, which he has been. And he knows David Bell well from uh, time in the, in the uh, Belleville Sens uh, part of things. So uh, Rourke Scharche is a guy that brings, much like Pedersen, uh, just a bit older, that all-around game, that... Uh, you know, two-way style of game. He can chip in offensively, but also he's just as valuable on the defensive end of things, playing uh, two-way hockey and play and minding his uh, end defensively, sticking to his check and keeping uh, guys honest on the offensive front on the opposing side of things. So uh, Rourke Scharche is a great guy to have back in. He fits very well in this lineup. He can play anywhere in the lineup as well, first line to fourth. And uh, that's that kind of versatility is going to be crucial down the line here for the Belleville Sens in a season where they desperately uh, need to have that veteran presence uh, to bring themselves up to speed inside the uh, very competitive North Division. Yeah, he's been outstanding. He'll have some uh, wisdom, I'm sure, to pass along to some of these younger Belleville Sens players. So nice to see Rourke Scharche back. Nice to see Oscar Pedersen settling in. And uh, really nice to see the Sens uh, respond from the shutout loss on Friday, pick up a big win on Saturday, not let it go to uh, bonus hockey, get both points, split the weekend, and set yourself up for, uh, well, another kind of wild set of uh, games coming up this week. Belleville's got uh, the uh, Syracuse Crunch here on uh, Wednesday, Valentine's Day, depending on when you're listening to this. Toronto is in here Friday. They're in Utica on Saturday, and then next week is a bit of a... Um, dog's breakfast as well. We'll get into that later on in the show. When we come back, we want to recap Women in Hockey Night. We'll chat with Hannah Bunton and Haley Moore, plus a conversation with Parker Kelly coming up later on in the program. As we go to break, we'll leave you with this week's highlight of the week, courtesy of Garrett Pilon uh, with an absolute snipe uh, on Saturday against Utica. Not engaging at all. Sens get into the offensive zone. Crookshank across. Pilon a drive. He scores. There it is. Garrett Pilon smashes it home. And if he does get credit for the first power play goal, it's his second goal of the night and the 11th of the season. Best night out in the Bay of Quinney for you and the kids? 
That's the Belleville Senators Family 4-Pack. The night with the best value. Four white zone tickets starting at $100. Plus, choose bonuses from either the CAA Arena Concessions or the Locker Room Store. That's more for four. Get full details on the Family 4-Pack. See the Ticket Hub at BellevilleSens.com. The best night out in Bay of Quinney with Quinney's pro hockey team, the Belleville Senators. Family 4-Pack. Excludes games against Toronto. Episode 13 of the Belleville Sands Podcast, Season 2, continues. David Foot, Brock Ormond here. A conversation with Parker Kelly from the Ottawa Senators coming up in our next segment. We'll also get you set for a stretch of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in 11 days or something like that as the Sens continue through the month of February. And uh, in this segment, we will recap uh, Women in Hockey Night from uh, last weekend, we'll hear from Hannah Bunton, Belleville native, and uh, Haley Moore, the Vice President of Hockey Operations for the American Hockey League. Uh, both those ladies were part of our uh, pregame speakers panel that also featured Belleville native Jackie Gerald, Aaron Crow, who's the Chief Operating Officer, basically head of finance for the uh, Ottawa Senators, and then our own Senior Vice President, Business Operations here in Belleville, Brianne Matthews, were all part of that uh, little under 200 uh, young women and their families here uh, asking some questions, hearing those stories, and hopefully sparking their path uh, to a future in the game of hockey, whether it is as a uh, executive, as a coach, or now with the uh, advent of the PWHL as a player down the line. Uh, we'll get some perspective on all of that uh, in just a couple moments from Hannah Bunton and Haley Moore. But, uh, Brock, it was a really good event uh, on uh, on Saturday night, uh, as it always is. But, uh, you know, it's always great to see all the Belleville Bearcats jerseys around town and just be able to kind of promote women's hockey a little bit more because I think for us in Belleville, I mean, you've grown up here. I've been here 15 years now. Um, this is a hotbed for girls' hockey and women's hockey. It's, it's not new to be talking about women's hockey in, in the Bay of Quinney region and in, in Belleville in particular, but I think sometimes we have to showcase that this is a bit of a hotbed for that, and I think we were able to do that on uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, that's right, and it was a great event too uh, with all those speakers and Brienne uh, being kind of center of that as well as some of the people from Ottawa and the AHL. It's kind of a nice balance of uh, different people and different levels of the game, which is uh, so nice to see. And mention the Bearcats, uh, those, that team has been uh, big in the area for quite a few years now, probably a couple decades, I think, at least. And uh, Belleville, I believe, was one of the first uh, centers in Ontario to have women's hockey, too, way back, I think sometime in the early 70s, I think, was when it first uh, came about. But uh, it was uh, it's she goes to show you how far it's really come, and especially with the PWHL, uh, you know, it's taken a while to get uh, a true uh, women's league with the best of the best, but that's uh, all done now it's it's there and uh, some of the players in the Bearcats may just as well find themselves uh, up there at some point to play and they know they got the opportunity now and it's uh, everybody all in it uh, as to as a group together and that's uh, what you like to see uh, for women's hockey in, in Belleville in the Quinney region and all of uh, Canada and the world for that matter and it all starts uh, right here with getting inspired by some of these stories of women that have kind of paved the way if you will um, to get 
women's hockey uh, in Belleville and in the Quinney region and also people who are a part of uh, growing the game and, and pushing forward with the uh, with the women's side of the game, which is uh, absolutely outstanding. And like you say, the, you got some young girls playing, I know, for the Quinney Red Devils as well, which is a, a huge yeah. accomplishment uh, to have uh, girls playing and AAA at the highest level of boys hockey too, which is so incredible to see. And all it takes is just uh, one thing to inspire them. All it takes is just seeing that one player or one person that can really uh, fuel your love for the game. And that's uh, what it takes. And that's what the Belleville Sens tried to do in the uh, weekend is really inspire. And they've done that for what, last last two or three seasons now, I think. Yeah, you? at least. And, and um, you know, you talk about you know laying a foundation and um, – the PWHL now, you know, nobody who was here on Saturday is directly involved with that league, but as you'll hear uh, in our discussions, a lot of the groundwork for the PWHL was laid by the organizations before that. The NWHL, the uh, PWHPA's Dream Gap Tour, all of these things um, that basically showed there was a market and an appetite for women's hockey um, set the stage for the PWHL to now come in and um, I won't say do things the right way because that, you know, I don't want to insinuate that anybody didn't do that in the past, but uh, they've got a clear plan, a clear vision, uh, and a clear roadmap that uh, seems to be working early on. So uh, the future is bright for women's hockey. And with that in mind, let's get to our first uh, Women in Hockey Night interview. Belleville native Hannah Bunton now lives in uh, Quebec. She's coaching at a prep school there, uh, basically built the program with her partner Mel Dau, who's another uh, incredible uh, women's hockey player. And uh, we'll chat with her next here on episode 13 of the Belleville Sens podcast season two. Now Hannah Bunton is a uh, Belleville native now living into Quebec, uh, coaching at a uh, prep school out there, uh, an under 18 world champion. Uh, the list goes on, but uh, thanks for taking some time, Hannah. Welcome back to Belleville. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Do you get much uh, opportunity to come home uh, during the year, or, or is it uh, kind of rare to, to come back into town? No, I, I actually come back quite often. My parents are still here, so um, it's always nice to come back and visit family and uh, see some friends and stuff. So I, I love coming back, and now being in Quebec, um, I'm a little bit closer. I was in Calgary before, so I have the chance just to hop on the 401 and get down here more often. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, you were saying in your remarks uh, it was so nice to see all the Bearcats jerseys and uh, the young girls that are, that are starting their career development. Um, what kind of comes back into your mind when you see those jerseys when you're around the rink here and you think about your days uh, developing as, as a member of the Bearcats? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I mean, I always had my dad as a coach. Um, he's such a big influence in my hockey career. And like I said, during the panel, I always looked up to Jackie Gerald and that was kind of my guiding figure in, in the women's game. So to be able to be a part of this panel and see so many other women that are up there speaking beside me and then seeing so many young girls in the stands and they have that opportunity to kind of see people meet people and be involved um, in something like this is really special and for the for the team here to be able to put that on and and see the importance of putting it on and how impactful it is to young girls it was uh, it was special to be a part of and I know your dad Rob uh, was started the uh, the hockey program at St. Teresa's which I know Jackie was running for a bit now she's into her new gig with the NHL and, and again just kind of opening those doors to to, to all the students over there to, to learn the game and, and be able to develop themselves. Yeah, it's like a full circle moment, like <laughs> I said there. Like, there's so many connections within the community, and I think Belleville has always been such a big hockey community. Um, 
and, you know, really supported me on my career. And uh, my dad obviously inspired me with opening that program when I was uh, growing up. And now I get to be at a school. Um, I feel like I'm following a little bit in both my mom and dad's footsteps of, you know, working at a school, but just getting to impact the next generation of girls. And um, it's so funny. They, they always say now they want to be part of the PWHL and for them to be able to say that, um, you know, I would have dreamed to say that when I was their age. So uh, now I get to be a, a big role in, in their next chapter. Yeah, that's a nice little segue because my next question was right around that. You're, you're not playing anymore, obviously, as we mentioned. You, you played professionally um, at times, and, and now you're coaching. Um, but just seeing that, uh, that league and, and that that pathway is there for young girls who want to keep playing, um, what's, uh, what's that like? Yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit envious sure. that the league is starting now. I I always said I would play until I can't play anymore, whether if that was a job or it was, you know, aging out of, of my career. And I definitely still felt like I was at a place in my career where I could continue to play at the professional level. But mm. it just made more sense for me career-wise to stay in this job that was, you know, so spectacular for me. And it really felt like, you know, the next chapter of my life. Um but like I said, it's it's so nice that now young girls can, you know, look up to that league. They get to see it on, you know, national television almost every other night. Um, and they can have the dreams of one day being a part of it. Um, you know, to get to say that I was a part of growing that, um, a part of making that, and, you know, was so close to, you know, being a part of it as well and kind of chose my career over uh, the career of being a hockey player. Um you know, that's enough for me. And, and I hope that I have a d little daughter someday that, you know, even if she doesn't want to play hockey, she gets to see those girls on, you know, the television and say that her mom was a part of growing that and making that happen. Yeah, because, you know, even if you didn't play in that league, obviously the PWHPA and all the work that's been done with the Dream Gap Tour and things over the last few years, without any of that, this league wouldn't wouldn't be here. Yeah, I know. Like in, in 2019, you know, the, the union of the PWHPA started and kind of formed and said, you know, it's time for a viable women's hockey league to be put in place. And it probably took a, a couple years more than we wanted to. Uh, COVID obviously impacting that and everything that happened in the game. But um, it's finally here now. And, um, you know, it doesn't go lightly like all the hours and, and effort into the Dream Gap Tour for the, the five years that I was a part of it definitely, you know, played a role. And I'm definitely not the only you know, female hockey player that had to hang up their skates because of the timing. So, um, you know, it's it's amazing to see. I'm really happy for all the girls that get to play in it. Now get to dream to be in it as well. Yeah, naturally envious, but you've you've transitioned into coaching, and uh, there, that's got to be um, you know great as well. The the you know being able to guide young players and and again help them develop. Uh, tell us a bit about that transition and and about the school that you're at and and the program. Yeah, so uh, we started a program a couple years ago. Uh, myself and Melody Daou, a three-time Olympian. Um, it's a high school hockey program at Bourget College in Rigaud, Quebec. And um, so it's, it's grade uh, 10, 11, and 12, and they get to come to the school and play um, as a hockey player as well. And um, I'm jealous that they get that in, in their career. I used to travel to Whitby all the time, and now, you know, they're, they're practicing throughout the day. They have sports psychology at the school. Wow. We have uh, off-ice training, and everything's kind of put up for them to be really surrounded in a professional environment, and it's super fulfilling as a coach to now be able to, you know, impact their hockey career and their hockey path and be a role model for them, and also get to apply everything that all the wonderful people in hockey have taught me, and, you know, I've learned 
uh, at the Hockey Canada level at Cornell and from so many wonderful coaches in the women's game and now I get to imply that to my own career. Uh, I've met a few Cornell grads. I always like to ask if you have a, a Cornell hockey gnome like uh, Andy from the office has. I actually do not, oh, okay. but next time I head down there, I'll go to the store and get I one of those. Yeah. Uh, all right, one, a couple more minutes here with Hannah Bunton. Obviously, hockey uh, takes up a whole lot of your time. What about when you're you're not at the rink? What is life like for you? Yeah, I have a wonderful stepson. So it's my partner's son. His name's Mateo, and he is like my little best friend. Um, it's so fun getting to be a part of his life and being, a, I call myself a bonus mom so I think that's like my most special title uh, more than a coach more than a hockey player anything I've done so I really enjoy spending my time with him uh, I have a big dog he's 160 pounds holy uh, so I call him my little horse um, <laughs> but I really enjoy my time you know kind of outdoors and getting away from the rink a little bit when I have the time um, but you know hockey is the biggest part of my life and I, I definitely think about it almost every single day so yeah. you and uh, I think everybody else in the, in the sure. building tonight uh, Hannah Bunton is uh, from Belleville again currently coaching out in Quebec uh, thanks so much for the time uh, thanks for being here and, and giving your insight in the panel and uh, best of luck with uh, with your club moving forward perfect thanks for having me So there's uh, Belleville native Hannah Bunton. I think one of the coolest things to come out of Saturday was the fact that uh, Jackie Gerald was here as well, who uh, is now the um, strength and conditioning uh, lead for the NHL officials. And she's been a, a figurehead in Belleville girls and women's hockey for, for a while now. Uh, Hannah even talking about seeing uh, Jackie as a kid and knowing who she was and kind of wanting to follow in her footsteps. So they kind of had a full circle moment on Saturday, which was really nice. Yeah, that's awesome to kind of have that uh, come all the way around again. And uh, like the the saying is, you can always go home again or all roads lead home. And uh, for Hannah Bunton and Jackie Gerald, two of the most prominent women, I would say, uh, in hockey in Belleville. And I know uh, going to school with Hannah at St. Teresa's, she being a year older than me, uh, seeing her on the ice uh, during those high school games uh, with the Titans, uh, just unbelievable the things she could do with the puck and the things uh, she could do, like just botting off of players and then getting to close areas and making stuff happen. And that's the thing that uh, she was so good at. But also, uh, like you said, with the... Uh, PWHPA, the CWHL, all those leagues, plus that Dream Gap Tour that was so crucial in uh, really melding the, the fold and getting uh, a league like the PWHL uh, to become a reality. And she definitely had a, sa a hand in that for sure, and so did uh, Jackie, even indirectly, because uh, all the work they've done to promote and grow women's hockey has been so crucial to the success of this uh, league and all, all the way around girls and women's hockey. Hockey's one of the fastest growing sports for women and girls uh, in at least Canada for sure, possibly the, the world as well, which is uh, so wonderful to see and definitely shows that they have a space in the game next to the men and the boys out there. So uh, her work has been great. So has Haley as well, who we'll talk to as well. Uh, Jackie, uh, everybody uh, that was part of that panel and everybody that's uh, done anything to boost the game of women's hockey in the world is uh definitely gets a star in my books for sure yeah and, and not just um you know a place beside the men's game uh, a place within the men's game right. as we've seen right um obviously hillary wells is our, uh, our registered massage therapist with the club uh, we've got a nice feature on her up on the belleville sins youtube page um but our next guest excuse me my voice is all over the place today our next guest uh the vice president of hockey operations for the american hockey league Haley moore she's got a tough job you know if there's a suspension to be handed down 
She's the one who has to deal with that. If there is a scheduling issue, she's the one who has to deal with that. Um, so she's really found herself a niche uh, you know, in the men's game, in the second best league in the world. She holds a pretty uh, important title, I would say. Uh, she joins us uh, right now on the Belleville Sense podcast. This is the Vice President of Hockey Operations for the American Hockey League, Haley Moore, as we continue to chat about our uh, now-past Women in Hockey Night on the Belleville Sense podcast. Thanks for taking the time for us. Appreciate Hello. it. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's uh, start first with uh, I mean, maybe a bit of background about yourself. Uh, I know um, you were giving it to the panel earlier on, uh, but tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got to, to where you are now. Yes, yeah, we just had such a great pregame panel, a lot of people in the building here, but um, got to share a little bit about my story. I, I grew up in the Boston area, played hockey growing up through college at Brown University, uh, played a little bit afterwards uh, overseas in Switzerland and in the CWHL, and uh, and then quickly kind of transitioned my career off the ice. I started in coaching, um, coached at the prep school level and then the Division three and Division one college levels, um, and then moved over to kind of the operations and management side of things I was a part of helping to start the National Women's Hockey League um, and worked there for six years and uh, also worked as a director of girls hockey for a club program in the Boston area for six years and uh, and then just about four years ago um, or three and a half now I joined the American League and uh, I'm really enjoying my position so far. Yeah uh, what's the day-to-day -day like for the VP of Hockey Ops for a league like the AHL? Uh, never a dull moment yeah. that's for sure <laughs> and uh, it's definitely a little bit different every day but uh, on a weekly basis I'm, I'm traveling across the league and taking in our games meeting with teams um, you know I, I'm, I'm overseeing everything that kind of happens on the ice from the league standpoint so um, you know that's the, everything from our officiating staff to rules and regulations supplemental discipline um, all the fun stuff I'm everyone's best friend across the league yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah it's a, it's a good mix between in arena time and in office time and a lot of travel uh, I like to tell people that the A in AHL stands for adventure because every day is a different one it seems regardless of the position that you have in this league and I can only imagine it uh, at the level you're at with, uh, with traveling league wide uh, what it's like day to day um, which obviously leads to a lot of time on the road and things like that but you get to see so much of this league and I was curious to get your thoughts just kind of on Belleville and and how you know this market has kind of fit into things uh, in the last now seven seven seasons yeah it's it's really fun part about my role getting to travel across the league and see how everyone operates a little bit differently and uh, and for Belleville here I think it's just such a great uh, market to have the close connection with Ottawa, of course, and uh, and seeing you know the easy ease of player movement between the two teams, and um, and you know the overlap of staff, and and obviously the transition that's that's happened here over the past year is exciting to see. And uh, across the league, I know um, you know there's there's just a lot of excitement, generally speaking, around the the team affiliations and the support that each team is getting from the NHL club. So you see that here in Belleville, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. We're chatting with uh, Haley Moore, the Vice President of Hockey Ops for the American Hockey League. Um, we were just talking off air before the interview about uh, the All-Star Classic presented by Tech CU uh, out in San Jose. Um, how much uh, of a role do you play in that, or are you just there as a member of the league executive? 
Yeah, it's all hands on deck for our staff. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't have a huge crew that operates the league, and um, it's a fun opportunity for us to get involved in other things outside of our day-to-day. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm overseeing, um, you know, a lot of the player management for that. So uh, working with our teams on player selection. So I get to kind of put my GM hat back on nice. and, uh, <laughs> and really enjoy that. It's really fun building out the rosters, working with our all-star coaches on that, and, and working with all of our teams on player selection. So uh, that's my biggest part of the role and then helping um, to set up the the skills and uh, and which events each player will get to participate in and then and then managing kind of the the actual hockey once we're there and and then also you know, last year we we started a mentorship program that um, I helped to oversee so we had uh, five mentorship um, coaches that were part of uh, part of our activities this year and joined our AHL coaches on the benches so that was another big fun part of uh, my day-to-day there yeah and I know the weather was uh, not great out in San Jose and uh, and threw a wrench into some plans. But from the viewer's perspective, I mean, it, it seemed to go off without a hitch in that beautiful uh, new building there in San Jose. Uh, and uh, I'm a big skills competition guy myself, so I had a lot of fun watching that. Um, uh, chatting with Haley Moore, um, again, it's Women in Hockey Night. You had a chance to kind of, you know, share some similar stories with a group of young girls earlier on. How important are, are events like this in terms of um, you know raising that visibility of women in the game and, and the different kind of routes that you can take to, to be involved? Yeah, it's so important. Uh, like I was so psyched to come here today and, and just to share my passion for the game with all these young girls, let them know that there are so many opportunities out there for them, whether it's in my role or as an official, as a coach, as, you know, as an athletic trainer, there's so many paths that you can pursue. And, and that's not something that I really saw as a young girl. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just I think that these events are so important and it's really exciting to see how far the game has come and, and how many women um, have a seat at the table now. Hopefully it continues to grow. Yeah, well, we were talking a little bit with Hannah as well just about the PWHL and um, you know she's not involved in it and then I know you were involved in uh, the the prior league Um, but to see this kind of new league and just the way it's taken off what's kind of the reaction to what they've been able to do in in you know giving young girls who want to keep playing a path to do that professionally Oh, it's incredible. I mean, I watched that first game and I think I cried for half of it. Like it's, it's so inspiring. It's, it's the platform that these women have always deserved. It's great to see. I love that there's a team in Ottawa, of course. And, um, you know, it's, it's just been a long time coming. So it's a lot of hard work for so many years and, and so many people that have sacrificed a lot to get it to this point. And it's, it's just so exciting to see, um, you know, to see the engagement and to see the visibility that, uh, that the league now has and um, just excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, and as we were kind of talking about as well, um, even though you're not involved with the league, um, all of that kind of groundwork that was laid by the previous league, by the Dream Gap Tour, uh, seems like the, the PWHL wouldn't be here if not for those efforts. Of course, yeah. So many people that have come before all of us and, you know, the players and coaches um, that, you know, were the first pioneers in the sport. Those are all the people that have paved the way and happy to have played just a small part in that. But, um, you know, as a, as a partner league with them too, like we've been able to, to stay in close communication and, and help you know be consultants so to speak and and work with them and support them so you know we'll continue to do that as a league and for me personally you know I just want to see the women's game succeed and um, we'll be willing to help out in whatever way we can yeah I think we're all on the same page there I've watched a ton of games it's fantastic hockey uh, it's been outstanding um, lastly I uh, all-star is uh, in the books what's next uh, for you as uh, we roll through the second half of the season here yeah the second half always goes really fast uh, I think you know the first half of the season you're you, you 
start to get into the dog days a little bit mm -hmm. and you feel that grind in the midwinter. But um, right now, you know, it's it, every single game just seems to get more and more competitive. And I love that. And I love the playoff hockey once we get there. So, um, you know, you continue to kind of check off some of the milestones as we approach the second half of the season here. But uh, I just love the hockey and how it ramps up and uh, the emotion in the game. That's, you know, the best part of the job, of course, is the, the product on the ice and looking forward to seeing it all take place. Yeah, and hopefully a game like that tonight with a couple North Division rivals going at it. Uh, Haley Moore is the Vice President of Hockey Operations for the American Hockey League. Thanks again for the time. Uh, welcome to Belleville. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks so much for having me. So there's Haley Moore, the uh, Vice President of Hockey Ops for the AHL. Uh, that's a tough job, man. <laughs> it's a tough job. Uh, she does it well and uh, obviously uh, helping to guide this league in the right direction in her four years or so uh, in that position. Um, again, plenty uh, of uh, coverage from Women in Hockey Night available on the Sens social feeds at Belleville Sens. A bunch of good pictures. We've got, again, that uh, feature with Hillary up on the YouTube page. So make sure you check all of that out. Tell your friends about these interviews as well. Uh, let them have a listen and, uh, again, continue to uh, share the message and, and shine some light on uh, women's involvement in hockey, not just uh, women's hockey as we celebrate uh, Women in Hockey Night last week. Uh, coming up next on the Belleville Sens podcast, we'll be joined by uh, Parker Kelly, former Belleville Senator and now a full-time NHLer. He's made the jump, and we'll uh, talk to him about that when we come back on the Belleville Sands podcast. Season 2, Episode 13 on the Belleville Sands Entertainment Network. Don't miss one second of Belleville Senators action this season. The Belleville Sens Entertainment Network is the only place to hear live coverage of the Belleville Senators for all 72 games plus playoffs. Pre-game coverage begins 15 minutes before each game with David Foote. And the network is also home to the Belleville Sens podcast. The Belleville Senators Entertainment Network, presented by Deerhaven Farm and Garden. Tune in on the Belleville Sens app or BellevilleSens.com. Into segment three of uh, episode 13 of season two of the Belleville Sands podcast. Thanks again to Haley Moore and Hannah Bunton for their time on the weekend as we celebrated Women in Hockey Night. We'll shift gears now to a uh, Belleville Sands uh, grad, one of the many. Uh, we've had like four or five just this year alone, but uh, Parker Kelly was uh, a standout for the Belleville Sands uh, over his uh, almost 130 games with the franchise. Uh, again, another one of those two-way players, maybe a little undersized, really trying to prove himself at the pro ranks and did that here in Belleville to the point that, as we mentioned before the break, he's now playing uh, every day full-time in the National Hockey League for the Ottawa Senators. Um, what do you remember about Parker Kelly and his uh, time here in Belleville? Yeah, Parker Kelly was one of those guys that never quit when he, when he was skating and pushing and moving. He wasn't the uh, most 
Uh, naturally talented player, but the guy worked his tail off every single game, and that's part of the reason, big, probably the biggest reason why he got to the NHL mm-hmm. over a couple of guys that maybe some fans were a little surprised to see get passed over in favor of him. But Parker Kelly was a dogged worker. That, that guy never quit. Every time he was out there, he was always uh, putting in his full 110% effort on every shift. And back when uh, Troy Mann used to coach the Belleville Sens, he talked about uh, Parker Kelly and how, yeah, he was just the type of guy that you want to build a whole team around in terms of the work ethic. You want 20-some guys like Parker Kelly because of the way that he could play the game and how hard he could work. And definitely it seems like it's rubbed off uh, on this edition of the Belleville Sens as well as uh, the Ottawa Senators, and it's great to see him have success uh, in the NHL. And he could chip in offensively. Don't think that he couldn't uh, occasionally help out, but uh, definitely the type of guy that he was that was the work ethic and uh, the uh, drive and the passion and determination and uh, every single little thing that uh, made his love for the game uh, stand out. That's the, how he got to the NHL, and he's done an outstanding job to stick, too. That's that's the toughest part. Arguably, uh, making it playing one game or a couple games in the NHL, it's uh, not necessarily easy, but it's all about sticking up there, and sometimes some guys have a tough time with it, but uh, he did, and he made it, and he's done an outstanding job with that team. And it seems like Jacques Martin's this type of coach, too, uh, with the with how he's using him and the positions he's putting himself or putting him in in order to succeed. He's uh, tied his career high in points in the NHL already. Uh, it's not a lot, 12 points, 6 goals, 6 assists, but as Brock says, and as you'll hear from Parker in just a moment, it's not so much what he does uh, offensively that makes a big difference for the team, and, and uh, that's not uh, you know the number one reason, I think, why Parker Kelly is around. Uh, we'll hear from Parker about uh, you know em- embracing his role and uh, being that kind of team guy that uh, every squad needs to be successful. Here is Parker Kelly on the Belleville Sands podcast. Kel's good to see you, man. Uh, thanks for taking some time. Let's just maybe start with this this season uh, for you. Uh, obviously, um, we spent all last season in, in the NHL. Um, things maybe haven't gone exactly the way that the Sens would like it to, to go, but to, how have you felt about uh, the season to this point? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, been a little up and down. I think, obviously, we started pretty good, and then um, things didn't go well there for a bit. But, um, you know, as of recently, we've been playing uh, – a little bit better and uh yeah everyone's uh chipping in and um it's been good the last uh i'd say probably 10 12 games so just got to keep building on that and um we're not out of it yet uh, we were chatting with Drake Batherson a few weeks ago, um, kind of about the season and, and the transition to a, a coach like Jacques Martin, who is uh, obviously you know legend in, in the Ottawa organization and, and one of the greats in the game. Um, what's it been like to kind of learn from him and, and even to have guys like Alfie and, uh, and that around uh, more regularly in, in helping with your, your further development in the NHL? Yeah, it's been great, obviously. Um, Alfie and, and uh, Jacques they're legends of the game and um, they've been great for, you know, a guy like myself, just learning from them every day and um, so much knowledge between them. And then, you know, even Ben Sexton coming in familiar with him and in Belleville and PD too, it's uh, the band's kind of back together up here. So, um, you know, it's been great to to have those guys around and um, yeah, those guys have been uh, really influential uh, in, in my game so far. Uh, you mentioned uh, Justin Peters, Ben Sexton there as well. The the connections to Belleville run further, obviously, than just on the, the playing roster. Um, 
what's it kind of been like to, yeah, see them get promoted and, and uh, come full-time into the NHL and uh, just become more Belleville Sens grads up there in Ottawa? Yeah, um, I think everyone kind of knew when uh, Benny and PD joined the B Sens that, you know, they were kind of bound for the NHL at some point. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful to have worked with uh, Benny. He's probably done video of every shift I've played in pro hockey with me so far. So, um, and PD does great stuff for the goalies too. So um, just having Ben back up here with me has been great, um, helping me with my offensive game. And, you know, he works, he works so hard and, um, I think a lot of the guys would, would say the same about him. So, um, yeah, he's a great coach, and I'm very, very fortunate to have him uh, work with me through my career and help me get to where I am. Yeah, one of those, again, connections that uh, is just so strong, uh, and, and it's really nice to see it continue through the entire organization. Um, how much do you guys keep an eye on, on what's happening in Belleville? I know uh, Drake told us that he, he watches games here and there, and uh, um basically is, is keeping tabs still on, on how the boys are doing down here. Yeah, I, I check in. I still follow everyone on the, on socials and on Twitter and Instagram. So I always, you know, check the lineups, check the video highlights and um, yeah, just keep tabs on the boys. So um, I haven't checked the standings in a bit, but it seems like they were on like a 12 game heater or something like that, but um, or had, had a good, had a good win streak going. So I think a lot of us are always keeping tabs. Um, Sometimes the games are on TSN, too, so, uh, yeah, watch every game every once in a while. Yeah, when we're in Toronto, and uh, they're usually on yeah. TSN, yeah, <laughs> we're uh, chatting with I always, I always watch uh, the, the – I love how the boys are doing the fort, the workhorse thing. You, you like that? Yeah, after the game, I always see who, who it gets gets handed out to. I, I like when they put it on. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's not the uh, the fighter pilot helmet that uh, they were they had yeah. when you were here. But, yeah, the horse head's been a big hit for sure. Uh, we're chatting yeah. with uh, former uh, Belleville Senators forward, current Ottawa Senators forward, Parker Kelly. Um, you know, along with those coaches making their debuts, we've had a, a bunch of uh, uh, Belleville Sens grads make their NHL debuts this season. What's it like to kind of see those guys come up and, and you know, get their rookie lap and, and their introduction to the NHL? And um, how much does it maybe, you know, make you reflect on, on your path uh, and you making the same jump from Belleville to Ottawa? Yeah, I think it's always special when you see someone, you know, come up and, you know, for example, like Crooker this year, like, I've skated with him this summer. We have the same power skating coach and, you know, he's had some injuries and, you know, to see him get called up and he's having a great year down in Belleville and um, obviously scores a goal. And I think it was like his second game. So you're always happy for, for guys like that who have, um, you know, grinded through a little bit and, and finally get their chance. And you know, it's everyone's dream to play in the NHL. And the reality is it's not going to happen for everyone, but you know, whether it's one game or a thousand games, you still can say you made it to the NHL. So it's always fun um, celebrating those days with those guys and, you know, win or lose, we always take a picture after the game and um, get makes for a nice photo. So um, just little things like that, that, you know, it's, uh, it's always special. Uh, if we look at your kind of progression, your journey um, to the NHL from Belleville specifically, I feel like your path is kind of um, what I would consider like the typical, uh, you know, the typical uh, path in the sense of like you played here for basically a full season with a little taste of the NHL, and then you played a couple seasons where you were split half and half, and now, like we said, you've been full-time in the National Hockey League the last uh, season and a bit here. Um 
what's maybe the most uh, translatable thing that you learned during your uh, your time in the AHL that you might use frequently or even daily in the NHL? Um, I think there's quite a few things, but I think the one thing that, you know, I learned, um, was just like, I have to play the same way, regardless if I'm in the NHL or the American league, like my game's not going to change. And I think my first year in Belleville, I was, you know, scratched a little bit and would sit for two games, play one game. We had a really good team. And I think there was a point in time where, you know, we had some injuries and guys were called up to the NHL and, I finally just got playing consistent and um, gained Troy Mann's trust at the time. And, um, you know, that was kind of something that clicked in my head, like, hey, if I can just be responsible and kind of force the coach's hand to not let me sit in the stands and maybe maybe be on the ice, I think that's that's something I learned pretty quickly. And it's been the same thing when I got, when I got to Ottawa. You know, you kind of go through the ebbs and flows of, you know, you're playing every other day in the NHL and um, you can't really think too much about your bad games. And I think last year for me, it was a really good learning experience of just not dwelling on games or if you're in a little bit of a slump where things aren't going, you just have to every shift every day, you know, come to the rink with a smile on your face. And I think um, even this year, it's always kind of looking back to your road and learning those things in the AHL. And um, but yeah, there's plenty of things where um always working on touches after practice and stuff too, just kind of keeping your hands going. So stuff like that. But I think for the, for me, the biggest thing was just being consistent and trying to gain the coach's trust, you know, day in, day out. For for a player like yourself in in your kind of prototype, uh, the game that you play, how important is it to relish that role of a, a penalty killer or uh, as a, a bottom six guy in, in doing the things that uh, you need to do to help the team be successful? How important do you have to kind of lean into that role and and maybe not uh, not try to do do too much at times? Yeah, I think there's you know, like I said before, last year was a, a big learning year for me, and obviously I didn't have the offensive numbers I, I would have wanted. Um, but, you know, there was lots of other things that I think grew in my game. And I thought I was really good on the penalty kill last year. And that's kind of translated again this year. And um, not everyone's going to be on the power play and not everyone's going to, you know, score 20 goals. So um, there's 20 guys on a team for a reason. And I think just buying into that role and, you know, I just want to give the team a good, whether it's seven minutes or 12 minutes, I'm going to give it my all. So, that's kind of something that you know, I just kind of look forward to every day. And um, no matter how much I'm playing or whatever I'm doing, it's, it's, it's going to be hard. Take a few more minutes here with uh, Sens forward Parker Kelly. Again, was in Belleville for 128 games uh, between 2019 and 2022. Um, what do you think back on, on your time in Belleville? Are there any, uh, any memories that pop back? Any uh, stories that, uh, that you know, kind of stick in, in the mind from your time here? Um. I mean, there's there's quite a few. I think the stuff that, you know, we always kind of talk about up here with, you know, guys like Drake and Josh. Um, that year we had where we were we were nasty. We, we were first in the league and, man, we would just – we would win every night. It was, it was unreal and, you know, get on the bus and play cards the whole bus ride home. And, um, you know, Freddie would put on, like, the World Series on the on the bus and – just so many good times with that. And it was such a shame that, you know, COVID came and we didn't get a chance to go to playoffs and the the year got suspended. But yeah, yeah we always, we always think back to like that year and like 
me, Josh, and Drake always just kind of reminisce and yeah, think about that. But so many, so many fun memories. And I mean, we still have a we have a fantasy football league. Like all those kind of guys from the first year, like Jordan Murray, Jordan, uh, Jordan Swars, like they were they're all such good guys and great veterans, pro hockey players that I learned from. And like Cole Castles is another guy. I talked to him um pretty frequently and um it was a it was a really tight knit group. So reminiscing back on that year for sure. Yeah, that's uh, like we said to Drake too a few weeks ago. That's still the one season that everybody talks about uh yeah. almost nightly here at that nineteen twenty season. Uh, that team yeah. Definitely, uh, d- definitely won't be forgotten. Um, what about maybe some words of advice for some of these young guys who are uh, now just coming into the AHL? They're looking at guys like you to say, "Hey, uh, you know, Parker Kelly ground out a couple seasons in the in the AHL. Now he's a full time NHLer." Um, what would you kind of say to those guys in terms of uh, getting through this next phase of of their careers, their development? I think just being patient. I think there's a lot of guys. Um, you know, my age that I, I kind of looked at who were higher draft picks or, you know, um, higher up in the lineup on other teams. Um, and I think maybe guys get impatient and they're just thinking about that first call up and, oh, I, I'm playing good. I've played five games in, in the, in the AHL and they've been good games. And, you know, they're kind of already thinking ahead to that, to that call up and, that was something that, you know, you just have to stick with and um, you need to develop in the HL and it's good. It's good playing time. It's a great league. And um, I'm sure the coaches in Belleville are doing a great job with developing guys too. So um, Belzy does a great job down there and I think guys just need to stay patient and um, things, things, everything happens for a reason. And whether you play one year, 10 games or three years in the American league, there's always a road for everyone. So it's all about just patient and 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 uh, getting better every day. And uh, speaking of what, what about yourself for the rest of this season? What are uh, kind of the goals that uh, that you have set um, for the final few months uh, of the campaign, and and perhaps more if you guys can get on a run here? Yeah, I think I just want to keep playing the right way. I think um, we're all really trying to be good two hundred foot players right now, and I think that's working. And um, you know, just coming to the rink every day, bringing good energy. Um, putting a smile on my face and, um, you know, just doing the right thing. I think that's the one thing I pride myself on is I play the right way. And, um, you know, like I said before, whether it's five minutes or, or 12 minutes, hopefully I can make an impact on the game somehow. So um, that's that's what I'm focusing on. And I just have to keep it one day, one shift at a time. So, yeah. Uh, AHL, NHL, all, all the same at that point, right? Exactly, yeah. That's it. Uh, Parker Kelly, again, uh, spent a uh, few seasons here with the Belleville Sands, 128 games. Uh, thanks so much for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, all the best the rest of the way, and maybe we'll see you up in Ottawa uh, sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Footer, and, uh, yeah, keep up the good work down there. So there's former Belleville Sens uh, forward Parker Kelly. Now, uh, again, a full-time National Hockey Leaguer uh, with the Ottawa Senators. We love catching up with Ottawa uh, Senators players, former Belleville Sens uh, alumni. If there's someone you'd like to hear from, uh, shoot us a message uh, on the social feeds at Belleville Sens. Uh, let us know who you would like to hear from. We'll try to track them down as uh, we continue to catch up with some of the familiar names from uh, around uh, the uh, organization and 
the past few years here in Belleville. We'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll tee up the uh, week to come, maybe the two weeks to come, because the travel schedule is about to ramp up again to end the month of February for the Belleville Sense. So stick with us on episode number 13 of season two of the Belleville Sense podcast. Get in on it. Get in on the exciting AHL action and support the Belleville Senators, your hometown pro hockey club. Tickets for all the home games are on sale now with options to suit any fan. Purchase yours today at Ticketmaster.ca, BellevilleSens.com, or email tickets at BellevilleSens.com. Don't miss out on this heart-pounding, adrenaline-pumping hockey. Get in on it. Guarantee your seat to see the Sens. Getting set to wrap up this uh, episode of the Belleville Sands Podcast, Season 2, Episode 13. One more uh, kind ask to subscribe to the program and uh, toss us a rating and a review if you like what you're hearing so far. Belleville Sins are uh, getting set for a busy couple of weeks to round out February after uh, being on the road for something like 22 days of the month of uh, January. The the schedule was uh, almost normal here for uh, about a week or so as uh, the Sens had the All-Star break and uh, now um, you know a handful of home games. We're in the middle of a four-game homestand here and that continues Wednesday against the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, Crunch are one of the best teams in the division, Brock, but Belleville was able to take two from them in their barn last weekend, hoping to do the same thing again here on Wednesday night. Yeah, that's right, and Syracuse has played them tough this year. Belleville had two, yeah, two big victories against them uh, last weekend or the uh, the weekend before, I guess, uh, in Syracuse, and that's uh, not an easy thing to do. Coming off a six-game losing skid, and they took uh, those two massive victories, and the uh, second one in particular was one of those games where Belleville just found a way to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Overtime victory, and it was Angus Crookshank, fittingly enough, that scored the winner. Uh, just before he was headed off to All-Star Weekend in San Jose. So uh, nicely done by him and nicely done by the team as a whole. They've won three games against Syracuse this year. And the fact that they played the a top team so tough is uh, definitely bodes well for their uh, future success. Syracuse is a team that uh, is a little physical, and they've got a lot of uh, guys that can really uh, contribute offensively. We talked about them all over the place and of course the fact that they're the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, farm team is what really helps uh, them the fact that they've had a few guys have gone on to success uh, winning Stanley Cups in Tampa and Syracuse uh, one of those teams that you think of when you think of the AHL uh, they got uh, nice uh, identity they got uh, you know a team that can play physical in the back end and offensively they have some uh, whirling dervishes up there uh, you know, I remember Alex Barre Boulay. I mean, he's up in uh, Tampa right now, but he was great. Gabriel Jamal was great. Uh, then, of course, we've talked about Declan Carlisle, a guy that's had a, a, a connection here with the uh, Wellington Dukes. And then uh, Sean Day as well, a guy that's uh, always uh, so difficult and frustrating to play against. Uh, so the uh, Syracuse Crunch, uh, that's going to be a good test again for Belleville. And it's... Uh, 
four big ones right in a row too with uh, Syracuse, then Toronto always draws a good crowd, then they go on the road quickly right after to play Utica, and then they got the number one team in the AHL on Family Day, the Hershey Bears. That's going to be a very, very interesting game, and of course Belleville actually has one up on them, but uh, we'll talk about them down the line too. Yeah, and uh, that schedule as you mentioned, so it's Syracuse on Wednesday night, the 14th. It's Valentine's Day. If you're still looking for last-minute plans, uh, depending on when you're listening to this program, uh, tickets are available at bellevillesense.com or ticketmaster.ca. In fact, they are for all of the home games remaining. Friday is uh, another matchup with the Toronto Marlies. Uh, last time we'll see the Marlies here in uh, Belleville. Uh, it might be it. It might be their last visit, uh, if I'm uh, quickly reading the schedule correctly, which uh, looks like I am. So last chance to see the Marlies in Belleville is uh, Friday, February 16th. Overnight travel to Utica, which is going to be difficult. It's about four hours uh, to Utica, so they'll get in around 2 a.m., likely no skate Saturday morning, and then they'll play a Utica team that's got Friday night off after playing on Wednesday, which uh, never is uh, is fun when you've got to be the visiting team and roll in. The home team's sitting there waiting for you, but Sens have been competitive against the Comets, as we've seen last weekend uh, as well. Uh, then you mentioned the Hershey Bears are here for Belly's birthday bash on Family Day Monday, 2 p.m. start. Uh, the uh, registration is closed for the post-game skate, but uh, we still got the Belly-themed jerseys. First 1,500 fans on Monday the 19th will get a free Belly bobblehead doll. Um, lots of stuff going on. Sparty will be here from Ottawa, a handful of other local mascots to celebrate with Belly. So that's all coming up against the Hershey Bears, who, as Brock mentioned, Belleville shut out. Uh, they didn't just beat them, they shut them out in the season opener uh, down in Chocolate Town at the start of the season. But since then, the Bears have been, uh, well, basically mauling everybody. Uh, less than 10 regulation losses on the season. That will perhaps be the toughest test uh, of the week for the Senators, uh, though it comes outside of the division. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that Hershey Bears team, it uh, seems like they picked right up where they left off on uh, their from their 2022-23 championship squad. And Garrett Pilon was on that team. So he, if anybody knows what this Hershey Bears team can bring, so he'll have a lot of old teammates that he can commiserate with before the game. And then during the game when it's on, he'll be uh, banging bodies left and right, no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, the Hershey Bears, it was nice to uh, to come in and, Remember back when we talked about it, uh, we said that this this is kind of the thing that can really uh, inspire a team because you see a banner go up in the first game that you play, uh, it can be uh, either intimidating or galvanizing, and and certainly uh, those guys were inspired by it, uh, seeing the banner go up and then Garrett receiving his uh, championship ring, and then they go out and blank the Bears and uh, give them no reason to celebrate, uh, really, uh, at the end of the night. But then Hershey, ever since then, like you said, has just been... Uh, rolling over, steamrolling the competition, which is uh, great for them. I mean, the Hershey Bears have always been a class organization in the AHL, and certainly uh, the successes that they, they have and the, all the banners that are up in the rafters of the Giants Center in Hershey, PA, certainly proved that point very well. And uh, the Bears are coming in. They've, they won last year in Belleville uh, 4-2, coming from behind uh, to beat them in that game. And, of course, uh, Ethan Frank is one of those guys to watch out for along with a guy like uh, Mike Scarbosa. So two veteran guys that are really going to be uh, dangerous. And Ethan Frank uh, really liked watching him play because he can fly. He was, I believe, the fastest skater in the AHL skills yep, competition. And, uh, you know, the way he can uh, make moves and make plays is so difficult. And they're also very well coached as well. Scarbosa 
is uh, right up there, actually fifth in league scoring right now. Uh, but he's only got seven goals, 36 assists, 43 points. So uh, one of those guys to really watch out for. And then, of course, uh, another veteran guy to watch is Joe Snively, who was on that championship team last year. So they got a lot of veteran experience, a lot of championship uh, caliber play, and uh, a team that can really uh, – bounce you around if you're not careful. So Belleville, with the, the earlier start, they need to be ready. They can't afford to be sleepwalking in the first uh, half of the game. they got to be ready, and they got to come prepared to play a full 60 minutes because it's not going to be easy against uh, the best team in the AHL. Yeah, that'll be the mantra as well for the three preceding games. Syracuse at home on Wednesday, Toronto at home on Friday, in Utica Saturday, home against Hershey on Monday the 19th, and then after that, it's back into the division for the rest of the month. Sends are in Rochester for two on Feb 21 and 23, and then in Syracuse on Feb 24. Again, tickets for all the home games available at Ticketmaster.ca, or you can head to BellevilleSends.com to get uh, all the details on our promo offers and that what else is happening ticket-wise. Of course, if you can't make it to the rink, all the games available on the Belleville Sends Entertainment Network and AHL TV for your viewing pleasure. Uh, it's going to be uh, an important couple of weeks here, Brock. Uh, we didn't really talk much about the standings. Senators are uh, just kind of on that playoff cut line right now. Um, they're going to need a pretty big week and a half here uh, to uh, solidify their spot as we round out the month of February. Yeah, it's a logjam right now, and it's helped that they got those two points in the second game against Utica, but the split certainly will not uh, make the coaching staff terribly happy, although, like I say, wins are wins and points are points. they got to get every single one they can, and definitely these next four games will be very uh, crucial, especially with a uh, couple of them being so uh, so tight and against uh, a Bears team that's uh, going to be uh, very difficult to beat. And then, uh, obviously, three divisional games between Syracuse, Toronto, and Utica. All of them so important, and uh, they've, they've proven they can beat uh, all three of those teams this year. So there's no reason why they need to be intimidated by the moment. But uh, three games in four days and four and six, the timing starts now, and they got to buckle down and get ready. Starting Wednesday night against the Syracuse Crunch, that's going to be a, should be a pretty good game between two teams that have been close the whole year. We'll be with you every step of the way again at uh, the Belleville Sands Entertainment Network and AHL TV. Make sure again to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we may not have an episode next week, so you don't want to miss uh, the next one that comes out, episode 14. So again, uh, subscribe to the show wherever you listen. Toss us a rating and a review. And as always, we thank you so much for listening and supporting the Belleville Sands podcast. Thanks again to Brock for a co-hosting. Thanks to Hannah Bunton to Haley Moore and Parker Kelly for their time, and again, you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Belleville Sins podcast, only on the Belleville Sins Entertainment Network.